One of those days you want to forget. If you were traveling in the United States yesterday, this came only days after the Christmas holiday meltdown due to the weather, an FAA computer system froze. And here we were again. The computer glitch led the FAA to order a ground stop for all flights in the U.S. Thousands, thousands of flights were affected. And guess what? When the problem was fixed, the cascading continued with airlines. Southwest affected the most. That's another discussion. People at airports were distressed, stranded. I had a delayed arrival late the night before at Washington Dulles from the West Coast. Airline pilots I spoke with at breakfast yesterday morning were dismayed with so much disruption over such a short period of time. And winter's not over. From the Phillips translation, my wife reminded me from James, when all kinds of trials and temptations crowd into your lives, don't resent them as intruders. Welcome them as friends. Welcome to Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. Can you believe that it's Thursday already? And we're in a series that's been very helpful to me, at least, called What Do We Do Now? When we come to the end of a season, sometimes it's hard to start a new one. January can be a tough month. Not only as credit card bills start arriving from December spending, but it's just so dark and so cold. The cold of December is much more bearable with the warmth of Christmas. But nevertheless, we are in a new year and a new month. And I think I just needed to hear some encouragement to ground myself in God's word, to make use of the rhythms the Lord has given to us, to know what to do next. Yesterday, we talked about the year of Jubilee found in the book of Leviticus. And today we're going back to this Old Testament book to look at another famous time. But it's not a year, it's a day. And I'm thinking about the Day of Atonement that's found in Leviticus chapter 16. How can sinners like you and me approach a holy God? And what does the Day of Atonement have to do with our lives today? Well, stay with me as we go back to a sometimes difficult book to understand, But in the light of Jesus, it all begins to make sense. And speaking of rhythms, we've been talking with you about Charles Spurgeon's morning and evening devotional. Rhythms come seasonally, but they also come daily. And I want to help you dig into God's Word this new year by going to the Bible in the morning and the evening with Spurgeon's unique and beloved devotional. One page for the morning, another page for the evening, and every short devotional based on God's Word, a single verse, which will help you know it better through the year. And we have it for you in this special edition with gold-stamped binding, easy-to-read typesetting, and they've gently adapted Spurgeon's language for those of us reading today. I'd like to share this with you after the program when you make your first gift of a brand new year to Haven Ministries. You just need to call us at 800-65-HAVEN. That's 865-HAVEN. Ask for morning and evening, the devotional. Or visit us on our website and make your gift there at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And just before we open the program with our first song, 
In a few days, we'll be airing a series about Jesus and money. Would you take a moment to share with us how the Lord is helping you be a good steward with your finances in the midst of difficult financial times? Call 800-65-HAVEN and let the person know who answers that you would like to record a short testimony for us to possibly use on the air. And now we open the program with a song by Jason Waller. Who else commands all the hosts of heaven? Who else can make every king bow down? Who else can whisper and darkness trembles? Only a holy God. What other beauty demands such praises? What other splendor outshines the sun? What other majesty rules with justice?
This is Haven Today, and I'm Charles Morris. What do we do now? We're calling our series this week. That was Jason Waller, and only a holy God, my portion forever. Now, I don't think I need to tell you that Leviticus is maybe one of the most difficult books in all the Bible, at least to understand and talk about. And it's safe to say that anyone who decides to read through all the Bible in a year, or 90 days like I have, either gets stuck or at least slows down right around this book. So many laws, so many things that are just so foreign to you and me. And that makes sense if you think about it. The original audience was a group of people who lived thousands of years ago on the other side of the world, people who spoke a different language, had different lives, had different customs. But the Lord gave them rhythms to their lives, just like he's given us rhythms for our lives. And Leviticus 16 contains one of the most important of those rhythms. This chapter is at the center of the book. And I don't just mean literally. The Day of Atonement was at the heart of Israel's calendar as well as its life. The other rituals and the feasts God gave to his people wouldn't be possible if not for the Day of Atonement. After all, Leviticus has a main idea. And we hear that main idea in chapter 19. The Lord said to Moses, Speak to the entire assembly of Israel and say to them, Be holy, because I, the Lord your God, am holy. Holiness, being set apart. The Hebrew word for holy occurs 143 times just in the book of Leviticus. But they weren't holy. The Israelites were sinners like you and me. So it was gracious for God to even give them the Day of Atonement. He didn't have to. The Lord could have just judged them. But instead, he reconciled himself to them each and every year in this ceremony at the tabernacle. Remember, the tabernacle was the tent in the middle of their camp where God met with his people. And the Lord had already told his people in chapter 15 that if his dwelling place was defiled, it would lead to judgment. To be near God is the goal of his people. It's the desire of our heart, what we were made for. So this is a problem. The Israelites were full of impurities and sin. And no impure person could enter the tabernacle. They would defile God's holy house if they were impure. Think of it like a disease that can leave germs, which must be eradicated. In the same way, impurity and sin stuck to God's tabernacle. Think of it as a boa constrictor slowly encircling the tabernacle and squeezing tighter and closer. Here's the problem. How could they enter God's holy presence with their impurities and sins? How can you and I enter God's presence? How can we have the rhythms in our Christian lives if we aren't holy enough to approach the Lord on our own? And that's a real problem. We may look pretty good, especially on the outside. Maybe we're respected by our neighbors. We might even be hard workers. We may even seem to have everything together. And maybe we have been born and raised in a Christian family and we've been in a church for as long as we can remember. But we aren't holy 
like God is holy, we still sin against him, even as Christians. But our Lord is gracious. He's merciful. He gave his people a way to deal with it. The Day of Atonement was meant to reset things every year. All the sin and impurity creeping closer to the tabernacle all year long. But on the Day of Atonement, the problem was solved. This is what Yahweh said to Moses. On the day, atonement will be made for you, to cleanse you. And then before the Lord, you will be clean from all your sins. This is to be a lasting ordinance for you. Atonement is to be made once a year for all the sins of the Israelites. The high priest represented the people to God and God to the people. Aaron had to come with blood for the entire nation. And the mediator had to be holy himself. Sin and impurity could only be removed by going directly to the Lord according to his invitation. This was the only day, once a year. And he sprinkled the blood of the sacrifice in the most holy place, that place he could only go into once a year. God's wrath had to be satisfied before the sins were taken from the people. And Aaron's high priestly garments were colorful, gold on his head, ephod on his chest. But on this day, he had to wear plain linen clothes, like a servant. Or to put it another way, the high priest had to set aside his glory and take the form of a servant to accomplish atonement. Sounds a little familiar to you by now, I hope? A living priest coming out of the Holy of Holies, evidence that the atonement was effective, a living Savior coming out of the grave, evidence that the ultimate atonement was effective, and that's exactly what God gave to us. Listen to how the book of Hebrews describes it. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are now already here, He went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not made with human hands, that is to say, is not part of this creation. He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once and for all by his own blood, thus obtaining eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, the Holy Spirit, offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God? Now, we don't have a Day of Atonement anymore as God's people, we Christians. We don't have a specific day marked on our calendars for this complex ritual. Christ has accomplished it all. And that's why he cried, it is finished on the cross as he died. And of course, what happened? The curtain in the temple was torn in half. In fact, from top to bottom, this was something that God did. It didn't start at the bottom. Humanity didn't climb up to God. God stooped down to us. So today, 
Throw yourself on the mercy and grace of Jesus, because you cannot approach God apart from him. But Jesus made a way through his precious blood. Listen now to Charles Spurgeon think about this amazing truth from his morning and evening devotional, and it's read for us by Ted Staunton. The precious blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1.19 Standing at the foot of the cross, we see hands and feet and side, all distilling crimson streams of precious blood. It is precious because of its redeeming and atoning efficacy. By it, the sins of Christ's people are atoned for. They are redeemed from under the law. They are reconciled to God, made one with Him. Christ's blood is also precious in its purifying power. It purifies from all sin. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Through Jesus' blood, there is not a spot left upon any believer. No wrinkle nor any such thing remains. O precious blood, which makes us clean, removing the stains of abundant iniquity, and permitting us to stand accepted in the Beloved, notwithstanding the many ways in which we have rebelled against our God. The blood of Christ is likewise precious in its preserving power. We are safe from the destroying angel under the sprinkled blood. Remember, it is God's seeing the blood which is the true reason for our being spared. Here is comfort for us when the eye of faith is dim, for God's eye is still the same. The blood of Christ is precious also in its sanctifying influence. The same blood which justifies by taking away sin subsequently quickens the new nature and leads it onward to subdue sin and to follow out the commands of God. There is no motive for holiness as great as that which streams from the veins of Jesus. And precious, unspeakably precious, is this blood, because it has an overcoming power. It is written, They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. How could they do otherwise? Those who fight with the precious blood of Jesus fight with a weapon which cannot know defeat. The blood of Jesus. Sin dies at its presence. Death ceases to be death. Heaven's gates are opened. The blood of Jesus. We shall march on, conquering and to conquer, as long as we can trust its power. That's an actor. He's also a brother in Christ, Ted Staunton, reading from Spurgeon's devotional morning and evening. It is impossible for sinful people to enter God's presence, but Christ gave us access. So use it. As Hebrews 4.16 says, let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Let this be part of the rhythm of your new year. Let 2023 be the year when you come to the throne of confidence every day, because heaven is better than the tabernacle. Christ is better than Aaron. His blood is better than the blood of bulls and goats. This is our hope. 
This is our confidence, our salvation. What a Savior. Why don't you come to Him? And let's come to Him together today. Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. Tells me of the guilt within Upward I look and see Him there Who made an end to all my sin Because the sinless Savior died My sinful soul is counted free For God the just is satisfied To look on Him and pardon on him and pardon me. Behold him there, the risen lamb, my perfect spotless righteousness, the great unchangeable I am, the King of glory and of grace. One with himself, I cannot die. My soul is my Savior and my God, with Christ my Savior and my God. One with Himself I cannot die, my soul is purchased by His blood, my life is hid with Christ on high, with Christ my Savior and my God. With Christ my Savior and my God. Sayla from their Hiding Place album, Before the Throne of God, here on Haven Today. And we've been hearing from so many people who've taken up the challenge to make God's Word more of a priority in their life in 2023. And Charles Spurgeon's morning and evening devotional is an excellent way to do that. Each morning and each evening, he gives us scripture to read along with a reflection on what he's written. And even though he wrote this over 150 years ago, it still ministers to so many today. Every day you'll be inspired and encouraged to rely on God and his word. And one other thing, the volume we have for you has a gold-stamped binding. It has easy-to-read typesetting. And the language has been gently adapted for the 21st century. It's a 
perfect time now to take up the challenge and focus more on God's Word in this new year. Why don't you call us right now? And for your gift to the ministry, we'll send you Morning and Evening by Charles Spurgeon. Our number to call, just ask for Morning and Evening, is 800-65-HAVEN. That's 800-65-HAVEN. Or go online right now to our website. You can make your gift there at haventoday.org. Haventoday.org. And just as we go, I want to invite you to partner with Haven Today this year. We need a friend like you to agree to pray regularly for us and to give automatically monthly to help us keep sharing the great story that's all about Jesus. On your station where you can listen, or on your phone if you listen to us as a podcast, ask about becoming a Haven partner when you call or read more online. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again tomorrow when on Friday we'll be sharing again together this great story that's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. Grace and mercy, two words that we hear a lot, but what are they? Two sides of the same coin. Grace gives blessings to undeserving sinners like us. Mercy restores desperately lost wanderers, also us. The coin is the Lord's love, and He's not stingy. All we need are empty hands and a heart that recognizes our need. Words of Christ in Matthew 11 remind us all who are weary, come unto me, I'll give you rest. His arms are open wide and his yoke is light. Grace and mercy are his to give and by faith grace and mercy are ours to receive. Like he says, blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Spend more time with Jesus with Anchor Devotional. Visit getanchor.com.